Oh, so you like listening to podcasts, huh? Well, so do a lot of people. As a matter of fact, millions of listeners are tuning into podcasts every week, and your next customer could be one of them. Did you know that podcast advertising is one of the most effective ways to advertise your product or service? And it's really easy to get started. Just go to podbean.com slash brands. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands to start boosting your business with podcast advertising today. Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Knowing that, um, we've partnered with the best. So, you know, at no stage was I mixing toothpaste in my counter at home or, (laughs) you know, my kitchen, which I know some people do. Do they? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely make some at-home toothpaste. It's like the kombucha tribes. Exactly. But um, for me, it was all about, okay, well, I know that I don't have this background. Who can I partner with that's best in the biz um, that will give us those credentials and make our formulations, um, you know, as, as they are today? Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. We are proudly sponsored by Neon Treehouse, the best digital agency on the planet Earth. To learn more, just head to neontreehouse.com or hit the link in our show notes. Today, I'm excited to bring you my conversation with Prue Rochi. Prue is working hard to deliver you a fully natural, organic, sustainable, and better tasting toothbrushing experience. Prue is the co-founder at Rock Naturals. She is a health obsessive who was beguiled by not being able to find a family toothbrushing solution that was effective and could also make the world a better place. So she created Rock Naturals, which refreshingly ticks all these boxes. All natural ingredients, packaging looks great, good for the earth, and full of vitamins and minerals. Having tried her products for a month, I love how they look in the bathroom next to all my colourful who gives a crap toilet rolls and thank you hand cleaning products. They also work really well and leave you feeling minty fresh and like a slightly better person. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Prue as much as I did. So chuffed to be back at the Commons and with my uh, fellow Commonser, uh, Prue, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. So Prue, you are the the brains and the beauty behind uh, Rock Products. Um, It's just a pleasure to have you here with us today. Before we get stuck into your products and what you do exactly, which you do really well, by the way, I know because my wife and I sampled the products last night, um, I'd love to hear a bit about your journey into the space and how you landed it, um, building such a beautiful line of sustainable tooth products. Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, it's a good question, actually. Um, if you asked me, you know, 10 years ago, did I think I'd be running an oral care brand? Um, definitely not. Um, my background uh, actually started off in fashion PR out in New York. Um, and from then I've kind of, when I came back home, I delved more into health and wellness marketing. Um, so that's always kind of been my bread and butter, I guess. Um, my background in terms of like, I grew up on a farm. So I think that's where my kind of values for sustainability came from. Um, and then, I mean, where Rock started, it was it was just one of those things. I was um, in a job in marketing and health, and um, I was you know getting ready for maternity leave for my first child for Coco, um, and I was really conscious about what was going on my body and in my body. Um, I've always been into health and wellness. Um, I've done triathlons, uh, yoga teacher training, uh, half marathons, everything at a very slow pace. Um, and then I was using a, you know, what I call like a chemical loaded toothpaste and I switched to a natural and I just couldn't really find anything that I wanted in terms of flavor, um, in terms of what looks nice in my bathroom next to my thank you soap. Um, and I kind of researched it a little further. Um, and then all these kind of 
things kind of came at me like, you know, um, toothpaste goes to landfill for 500 years and that's everything in the supermarket and in the pharmacies, every single item. Um, and it just seemed like there was a really big gap in the market for a product that tasted really good, had more nourishing values, had sustainability credentials and things like that. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And so talk to me a bit about being on the farm and growing up on a farm and how that kind of ingrains sustainability in you as a value. Yeah, yeah. I think my um, my dad was very protective of the land in terms of sustainability values way before, you know, sustainability was a word you could bid on AdWords um, and things like that. And it wasn't really even a probably a, um, a well-thought I guess, practice in that time either. It was really just him kind of, you know, researching a lot and was really important to him. So for me, that was just kind of always ingrained with us um, in terms of looking after the land around us and being very careful of, you know, the water that we use and things like that. So sustainability has always just been something that's always been ingrained in our values, I think. And that's So you guys were doing it before it was a cool buzzword? Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Doing the real stuff on the farm. And how do you go from the farm to PR and fashion marketing? Uh, look, it was great working growing up on the farm. Um, I moved home, moved out of home the day after high school. Um, I had a great childhood and everything like that and great high school, but I was just a sense of, I want to explore, you know, and I always said I wanted to live in the biggest city in the world. Um, so I, I went out, you know, and took, took a couple of years to get there, but I went and did it. Um, um, and it wasn't really until I lived in New York and, um, was in the hustle and bustle big time. And, you know, I didn't leave New York for a good year. I even get out on the weekends that I, really started to love nature and love the peace and quiet of what I had grown up on. Um, so it kind of came almost a little bit, um, yeah, um, full circle, I guess, from um, my farm days when I really just, I loved it back there. What's it, what was it like moving to such a big city? Was it, was it just like wild or? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it was totally wild and there was totally um, so many typical New York experiences, I guess. I was 24 at the time. Um, we in fashion PR, so we're doing, you know, Fashion Week parties. Um, I went to a party with, you know, Jay-Z was there. Like it was as crazy as you'd expect. <laughs> Who um, else? Tell me other big raiders. Uh, big raiders. Um, we did another party with the Olsen twins. I don't know if they're big raiders, yeah, though. I think they're pretty A-grade. For me, they're B-grade. Yeah. Just, just tell me like lots of the random B, C and D. The A-list is not so interesting. <laughs> um, you just walk past the whole heap. Um, there'd be like fa- famous fashion photographers that would come into, this, um, into the PR showroom and it was just like you're just surrounded by that sort of pe- those sorts of people. It was just it was a fun place to be when you're 24. Um, you know, it was it was unbelievable, really. Um, but it was hard. You know, I got paid pretty much nothing. I was working three jobs at one point. You know, I had a share house. It was tiny. Um, it was my first job I've ever had, and it's always been the one I learned the most from. It's always, it's really shapes the person I am at work, I think. So then you came back to Oz after that? Yep. Yep. And um, you noticed a gap in the in the, in the the market really and that, that's kind of what led you down this pathway. It's sort of interesting that you didn't, you, you weren't like a dentist who just thought, oh, we need another set of products. This comes directly from a market perspective. Yeah, I think so. Um, it comes from a different, number of different perspectives. Like, um, you know, I'm in, you know, um, I've got some kind of property projects with my husband doing every now and then. And so I'm really into design and architecture. So, you know, there's all these beautiful products in our bathrooms, you know, toilet paper is cult status these days. There's heaps of amazing brands and then there's toothpaste. Um, And just no one was doing anything with it. Um, And why not? You know, we've got this huge wellness boom. You know, I was the sort of person that was doing yoga in the morning, going to work and then trying to eat like, you know, organic foods at night and then brushing my teeth twice, twice a day with chemical toothpaste. Like it, I just thought no one was thinking about it enough. 
Um, so, yeah, I guess there was a, a couple of different reasons why the idea kind of seemed to make sense. It was, and I just also felt there was so many points of difference that Rock could bring to the table. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where it all started. Was this your first um, entrepreneurial pursuit? Yeah, it definitely is, yes. And how do you fall into something like that? What is it, what's it like? Um, you know, like I, it's a roller coaster in terms of, um, you know, something will go right um, during the day and I'll be punching the air and it's so exciting and then something will go terribly wrong and I'm pulling my hair out. But and you, you spend way too long on zero as well. Oh, zero, yeah. I spent <laughs> half the morning trying to figure that out. My God. Um, but it's just one of those things that um, I think because it is so challenging, I love it. And all I can describe it at, at the moment, and, you know, we're three months in, it's just, it's just a lot of fun, you know. And I think that's when I was going on mat leave and I was looking for a, um, you know, um, business to run and, you know, kind of designing my life after having a child. I wanted a business that would be fun and that I was really into and and rock is absolutely that for me. That's so awesome and very exciting. Were you intimidated at all by the idea of not coming from like a professional um, like dentist perspective? That Did you sort of have like a bit of doubt about whether you could come up with a, a good, healthy and safe, high-quality product? Yeah, for sure. Um, but saying that, we've, because we're, knowing that, um, we've partnered with the best. So, you know, at no stage was I mixing toothpaste in my counter at home or, my, <laughs> my, you know, my kitchen, which I know some people do. Do they? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Gross. You can definitely make some at-home toothpaste. It's like the kombucha tribes. Exactly. Yeah. But um, for me it was all about, okay, well, I know that I don't have this background. Who can I partner with that's best in the biz um, that will give us the, those credentials and make our formulations, um, you know, as, as they are today. And so um, how's it all going? It's been a couple of months now. Um, I really like I'll, – I'll first give my spiel on the product Please. because I was lucky enough to get a sample from you earlier in the week. I love the toothbrush design. I think what you say is spot on about bathrooms and aesthetics. Like people have thank you products. They have who gives a crap products. And I, I, I feel as a society that we're getting to a stage where if you don't have those products in your bathroom, you're a bit judged. Yep. So it's sort of like, mm, I noticed that you don't use who gives a crap toilet paper. Why is that? Exactly. You, do you not care about the planet? <laughs> um, so interesting times and toothbrushes and toothpaste, as you say, logical extension. No one is thinking about that as the next port of call. So my experience and my wife's experience trying um, the, the products was really first rate. I mean, we, we love the packaging. We love the feel of the toothbrush. Um, the toothpaste we enjoyed very much. And it, it's just sort of like, you know, it was very exciting to have a new product that's sustainable enter such a plasticky product with all the plasticky history attached to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and sustainability for one, you know, I've always said, you know, when I was creating Rock and we're going through the research phase and how we can make it different to everything else on the shelf is like, if it's not going to be sustainable, I'm just not even interested in making it. Um, and I think a lot of brands should be that way when they're launching, you know, if you can't make your new brand sustainable in some respects, um, you need to reconsider what I think what you're doing. Like it's such an important part of who we are as a generation. And so what happens to the – what is the life cycle of the product and how often does one have to replace um, both the toothpaste tubes and the toothbrushes? Yep. So a toothpaste tube will last you generally about a month. Um, so you put um, the toothpaste tube into the, the into the trash. So our um, tubes are designed to break down in landfill, so not home compostable, um, and they all turn, down, turn out into – sorry, break down to soil and gases in six to ten years. Um, and then <clears throat> the bamboo toothbrush, um, you change them every three months – um, and you just throw it into your home compostable um, bin and probably snap the head off as well at the time because that's not quite um, recyclable at the moment. And how long does that take to sort of break down and become nothing? 
Uh, I think it's about 10 years, mm-hmm. yeah. And what's the alternative? So Colgate, you know, toothbrushes, Oral-B, what happens I with mean, them? Every, every single thing that's in the supermarket aisle is going to land for 500 years. Mm. I'm talking your toothbrushes, your mouthwashes, you know, toothpaste tubes, and the fact that, you know, everyone in the world is using it twice a day, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah, is using it twice a day. Um, it's just it's a horrendous statistic that I don't think anyone has really been consciously thinking of. I think as toothpaste is such a habitual habit, no one's really thinking about you know, the the end life cycle of that product. Maybe it's like one of those things that's a little bit habitually harder than the other things to change, like from a behavioural science standpoint. So, you know, wiping your bum, one thing, uh, not such a big deal. Everyone does it. It's pretty straightforward. Like what you use probably isn't as much of a consideration. Um, washing your hands, same sort of deal. Um, but, you know, putting something in your mouth and, and wishing it around twice a day, maybe people have like really strong product preferences and they have never had alternatives until recently. Well, I think that was one of the gaps we saw in the market. That there just wasn't a sustainable alternative. And when we design the product, we've always, <coughs> excuse me, we've always um, said that well, our goal has always been to take a chemical-loaded toothpaste that goes to land five, five, 500 years and replace it with product that is more natural and less toxic and that is sustainable. And we wanted the product experience to be exactly the same. So it's a really easy swap for someone to make. So you don't have to think that you're, you know, you don't have to feel that you're switching or um, or feel like there's a, you know, a difference between the two. It should be a very similar um, product experience. And how do you go about testing the quality and usability of a product such as this? Do you kind of have focus groups? Is it alpha, beta, like tech? How does it all work? Yeah, it's been um, it's been just a lot of yeah, research groups that have been helping us out. Um, we, we've got two key products at the moment for our toothpaste um, and there has been loads and loads of samples um, and we just kept going until we got the one that we felt was right. Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of product testing. And how do you make sense of all the feedback and noise? Um, I think at the end, you know, we get obviously the data back from the research groups, but at the end of the day, you know, we take that and then we also, you know, just go with our gut feel in terms of what feels right for our brand as well. So, um, going back to the product experience, we, you know, a lot of, um, natural toothpaste, then they don't taste great or they aren't very minty. So we make sure we design products that, you know, pretty much taste like a chemical loaded toothpaste. So people are more likely to continue using them because it tastes the same as what they used to. Yeah, I love mint. What do you think is the right amount of mintiness? And do you have a preference for spearmint or peppermint? Uh, I think maximum mint at all levels, yep. personally. Max mint. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, more, max mint. I, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I'm more of a peppermint person. Me too. Yeah, I'm not a fan of spearmint. No, it yeah. just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I always was confused, like, why do people choose spearmint extra? Like yep. the, the green packaging? Yeah. like. Is peppermint. There are better options out there. What are you doing? Yeah. So what do you think about more flavoured toothpaste? So what flavours are we talking about? Apple, maybe. Would you would Pretty you outrageous. go would you go so take out the mint and go apple? Would you go down that line? Well, I'm not a three year old, so <laughs> I might, I might uh I might struggle with it um originally. But I guess it depends how non artificial it could taste. Like yeah. if, if it tastes like I'm eating an apple, yeah. that would be genius. Yeah. Because you know, that this is the old adage like an apple a day. Um, you know, great for the teeth and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know you've got the green tea flavor, which yeah. is interesting because yeah. I, I love green tea. Yeah. But you know, th- th- there's certain things that I like the taste of that I don't want to drink in that modality. Of course. So my, my best analogy is like the craft beer market is going absolutely nuts at the moment yeah. with all these kind of weird combinations. 
But for me, I don't want to drink a beer that tastes like blood orange. Absolutely. But the, uh, the blood orange beer just won like this craft contest and, you know, that's what that's what the craft beer people want. So yep. I guess it's all about preferences and just where you fall on that kind of spectrum of things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, my advice would be don't make a blood orange toothpaste, but it might win awards <laughs> if you do. So. Yeah, well, that's right. No, I think, uh, I think our, our, um, our, you know, positioning at the moment is just make it max mint. Um, do you know, do you have a feel for like what are amenable tooth flavours? Like you've got green tea obviously and yep. mint. Is apple like an, a potential option? Um, look, the only reasons we add things in like, um, green tea and coconut oil is more for their, their benefit within the brushing experience sure. in terms of, from a, um, holistic and, um, um, perspective. So if there was, you know, apple reduces some sort of gum disease, then we'd look at it. But from a flavoring perspective, I don't think it's really on our radar at the moment. So you can enjoy some of the properties of, um, of the, the green tea or the, other products in there from using the toothpaste as well because right. you're, you're absorbing them. That's right. So, um, you know, Colgate might have a flavour that's Arctic Blast. Mm-hmm. Our flavours are much more like, you know, coconut oil and green tea and, mm-hmm. and you know, B12. They're much more nourishing um, than, than the Arctic Blast. Yeah, and so you can, with if you have green tea toothpaste, do you get a kind of hit of L-theanine from, from that? Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. So that's really cool. So there's a potential nootropic application of the of the toothpaste potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my thoughts only. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. So do you have uh, like other? Is this company just doing oral care, or do you have grander aspirations? Um, so my husband is in the company as well. Um, he has huge grand aspirations. Um, he he works full time though, so I'm very much kind of um, kind of. Managing. It's probably for the best. Yeah, it's probably for the best. So he's got huge aspirations, but um, look, I think at the moment, you know, we'll diversify the product range in terms of oral care um, and see where we take it. At the moment, we're just in Australia. Um, when we launched, we got a lot of interest out of the US, so. We'll just see, you know, what the next 12 months hold um, and go from there. Because you're a bit of a marketing and PR pro, how do you, how did you go about launching? Like what are you thinking about? What are you doing? What's what's the overall kind of strategy? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, from a marketing perspective, um, you know, we're also a startup, so everything has to be on a budget. Um, it was, you know, it was always, I think for us designing Rock, it was always about having as many points of difference with our products than anyone else in the oral care. So we look different. You know, we have more nourishing flavors and we're sustainable. We're kind of the key three ones. So it's about hitting those three key messages when you launch. Um, so from launch, we've had a huge amount of feedback, obviously, on our packaging. Um, you know, it's nostalgic, it's colorful, it's got pastel colors in it. Um, it's really sets apart on that. So, um, yeah, we went out hard on you know, digital um, social advertising. We had some influencers in there. Um, we did some PR. Um, and But a lot of it is also just trial and error, um, you know, we, just, we didn't know how the influencers would go. We didn't know how the PR would go. Um, some listings, like one listing in the US went berserk. You know, some things that we thought would really work in Australia didn't work. Um, so as much as my background is in marketing, it's still we're still figuring it out as we go. The trial and error sort of approach. Yeah. How much time do you spend trying to get the products into the hands of people who can actually like not – pure influencers, but maybe just people who would be interested in the product? Yeah. At the start, um, you know, the, probably the first two months it was, you know, we we're doing a lot of reviews and sending out a lot of products. Um, we've peeled that back a little bit now because we need to focus on other things like new products and, 
and our retail strategy and things like that and our subscription model. But, um, yeah, we're always pushing out products every month to, into the people, into the right hands. How much of your messaging is thought leadership and education versus we just have an awesome product? Um, it's something we need to be working on more for sure. Um, there's some really controversial topics in oral care. Um, the fluoride versus no fluoride debate is Ooh, that's raging. that's a raging debate. <laughs> Don't go on Twitter and do hashtag fluoride. Go <laughs> no, bananas. no. Um, and it's so funny because, my, you know, my grandma would talk about, you know, sh- she would never let us brush our teeth with fluoride. Um, so it's it's gone on for years and it's still raging. Um, so our products at the moment are fluoride-free. Um, but, you know, we'll be releasing some with um, fluoride or, a, you know, a fluoride-similar product um, because we've always seen that as a, a very personal choice um, for people to make. And we don't sit in either camp, um, and we're happy for the debate to continue. Yeah. Where do you stand on the debate? Um, I personally brush my teeth without fluoride. Yep. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, Does that mean not using tap water? Uh, well, sorry, I don't use a toothbrush, sorry, a toothpaste with fluoride oh, in it right, because right, right. in Melbourne, as you know, we have fluoride in our water. Correct, correct. But if I go to oh, my, okay, I, I think go, I understand. Yeah, but if I go to my parents' farm near yep. Dalesford, there's no fluoride in their water, so they may opt to use a fluoride toothpaste. So it really depends. It depends on so many factors like your location, whether your water is fluorinated or not. Um, so that's why we've always said that fluoride versus no fluoride is such a personal choice. And what about like the choice global versus local? Like how much do you put your effort into global markets versus uh, the Australian market? Yeah, at the moment uh, we're just focusing focusing on the Australian market, and we've tried to keep all our manufacturing as close to home as possible. So we manufacture out of New Zealand at the moment. Um, but yeah, there's definitely there's interest from from you know, international markets for us to go over there. But, you know, we really just want to um, get to know the Australian market first, understand what works, what doesn't, um, before we kind of expand that way. Do you have um, milestones that you'd like to achieve in the the next few months? You look pretty results-driven as a person. I'm <laughs> sure do you I? do. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because I'm wearing like a button-down No, it's because whenever I walk downstairs, you are very, like your level of concentration <laughs> is not like other co-workspace I people. I know. You know what it is? Yeah. It's because I have a, a daughter at home who's two and – I, you know, I don't work full time. Yeah. Um, so you need to just like bash out intense hours. You no, know, I would love to be someone that walk, you know, shouted at the, you know, at the coffee machine more. But I'm just like, <laughs> I've got this many hours, and then yeah. I've got to go. I know. It's so cool. I love it. It's it's very inspiring. Oh, I don't know. I, w- I wish I was a bit more relaxed about it and could just, you know, waltz in and waltz out and yep. like go for three coffees. You but... must have loved me just coming, like saying g'day, sitting down and t- talking to you for twenty minutes about nothing, and then inviting you on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's actually great. <laughs> I was actually great. I'm probably a bit scared that people don't talk to me because I am so intense looking at work. That's actually one of the reasons I did want. To talk to you because oh, really? I thought you probably probably no one talks to you because you look <laughs> really intense. Oh, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to juggle um, family life How and new work. Just one, Coco. She's almost two. So um, yeah, I used to be you know the person that was always at Friday night drinks, but since having a child, it's you know it changes many things, and my attendance of Friday night drinks has also changed. Yeah, have you brought Coco into the co work? Uh, no, I actually have. Oh, no, I did one day, yeah, um, just for like a good like 30 seconds because yeah. she would cause havoc in here. Yeah, 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 and your concentration would not be able to uh, No, nothing. Cope. Get done. No, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're talking milestones for the yes. upcoming months. So yeah. what, what's kind of in mind for you? Yeah, so we just launched a subscription model at the moment, which is really exciting. Um, basically, you know, one of the things about our model is um, – is that if you're you know, buying individual tubes, there's postage attached, which is obviously everyone hates postage, so the subscription model has no postage. Um, and then, you know, we're going into kind of reviews um, in terms of like supermarkets um, in October, so with Coles and Woolies in terms of where they get ranged in there next year. 
Um, so it's really just focusing on, yeah, our retail strategy in terms of who, who we're going to partner with next year. How do you how do you decide, like obviously the big supermarkets are always a given because they're yeah. bigger sales channels, but yeah. how, do you kind of have like a listing of all the other small organic stores, supermarkets, chemists? Yeah, sure. So I am I just approach lots and lots of people. I just cold call them or cold email them um, and the door gets shut loads of times, but it's a bit of a game, you know, like. Um, What's your success rate, estimated percentage? Oh, I reckon. I reckon out of 10 emails, I'd probably get seven people interested. That's unbelievable. I'm not saying they buy no, it, but that, they'd be really interested. The not having the door closed on you three times, seven times out of 10 is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it just comes down to the point of difference from our product. So there Pat, is no other sustainable toothpaste in Australia. What is your – I'm sure you have like a really good pithy email uh, <laughs> that you send out. I'd love a coffee. Yeah, I send to you. to my drafts. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you kind of go through the three points that you make? Do you clearly say this is why you should stock us? Here are our three points of difference. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I craft a little bit better than that, but yeah, pretty much. You're I, saying that's not good? No, I, I don't say point of difference because it seems a bit salesy. <laughs> it is. It's more, you know, like, hey, I want to introduce you to this newest new brand born yep. in Melbourne. Um, you tell I'm not from marketing, can you? <laughs> and then I just, you know, I, you know, I've just got these like four sentences that talk about the point of difference, um, some cheeky wording in there for my copywriter. Um, and then I'll either send them to the website or before we had opened um, the website, you know, I'd send them some images. And generally it was the images that get people across the line. So they just love the look of the branding. They love the concept that it's sustainable toothpaste, it looks cool. Um, um, and, yeah, that's kind of was enough to get me across the line. So how are you going to handle, just say, the subscription model takes off, yep. a B2C and B2B channels? Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, I, th- I think I'll uh, figure that out when I get there. You're going to hire someone? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Um, but at the moment we're still a small startup and, you know, we want to maintain as much control as we can. Um, but, yeah, if we get to the point where we can expand and hire someone, then, then that's a great problem to have. What's your biggest um, area of need? Would it be like an operations manager or something? Um, you know, it's probably, which is funny because I'm in marketing, it's probably someone to manage my marketing and social media. Yep. Yep. Um, even though I know it like the back of my hand, I really need to move into more a strategic. Are you good at it? Like generally, do you, are you good at like, do you, you have personal social and stuff? Um, no, I, I'm definitely like not like an influencer land. I'm not, and that's something that I strive for. Um, I, I say that in the sense that like my, Inst- you know, I have like 500 followers and I post photos on Instagram, but, you know, just like anybody else, yep. it's not something that I, I love doing. But, you know, it's a need for the business, so I, I do it. Um, I quite enjoy photos, um, quite enjoy being creative, but, um, you know, I really need to focus on other areas of the business rather than social media. Yeah, I hate it. I really have like a really dualistic relationship with social media. Like I just – I think mainly because I'm terrible at it. So when we partnered with Neon Treehouse, that was mm-hmm. one of the best things that ever happened to yeah. Humans of Purpose. Yeah. It just means that I can concentrate on doing what I'm good at, I can promote Neon Treehouse, yeah. and they will help me by providing you know elite digital experience for all our listeners and whatnot. Amazing. It's a game changer. Amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I need I need something like that as well. Yeah, well, um, I'll introduce you upstairs. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no worries. So um, that, but it's also so important to, as you would know, social media. Oh, um, yeah, massive. We've had, you know, interest... Um, like a dental clinic in New York reached out to us because they saw one of our reels and things like that. So the reach you can get today off social media, it's so important to execute well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I think it is really important, obviously, but I just think that it's 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 important to be good at it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, if you're not good at it, it's probably not important. Yeah, because you're not going to do you're not going to achieve anything. You know, yep. how did you go with influencer marketing? Did you kind of have to? Um, did you have like categories of influencers who would? say, just give me a product and I'll post about it? Like, give me this 
this amount of product and we'll post yeah. or are they like a bit more mercenary and be like, hey, I want three grand? Yeah, yeah. sure. So we had a, a tiered strategy. So we had some paid ones for launch. Um, so we had four of them um, and we paid them and they'd post it. And we just wanted to – that was primarily just to get the brand out there and into a bigger market from the get-go. Um, and then we just sent the product to a bunch of different influencers ranging from, you know, the A grades to right down to, you know, people that are having emerging accounts, kind of like the micro-influencers. And do they – what happens when you do that? Do you expect a response and do you get one from most of them or um, – It was definitely varied. Um I think the the unless you've got a real connection with some of the higher kind of bigger influencers or the product really really sits with them well, um, you know they wouldn't they wouldn't post it. Um, some people, I think I had one influencer and I can't be sure of this, but I'm pretty sure she tried it and sent it back. Whoa! Because the tube was open. Whoa! But then it said like do not. It said return to sender. On um, anyway, but uh, I'm not sure about that. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. An unethical influencer. That's uh, yeah. really like disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, just throw it in the bin if you don't like Did you have anyone who was like, wow, this product is totally my jam. Um, I will just promote the shit out of this anyway? Um, yeah. So I've had some of them. So DJ Tiger Lily um, or Dara or her, her other account is Our Soul Purpose. She's a huge fan of it. Um, she has shout outs to us on social media for, for just because she's a great person and she really likes the product. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been a varied response in terms of that. And what about your network of relationships like through marketing, PR, New York, celeb, you know, B, yeah. B C grade, D grade, A grade yeah. people? Yeah. Were they helpful? Um, yeah, I think on I think people just love getting around something like this in terms of, you know, no one was expecting me to go and start an oral care brand. Um, but I think, you know, everyone along the line has just loved the concept of it um, and we're just really supportive of it the whole way through. So that's definitely been really helpful in terms of, you know, all my on, on launch day, loads of people were posting about it. Um, I didn't ask anyone to. I didn't ask any of my friends to. Um, but, you know, there was just a huge amount of reposting and sharing because people wanted to support it. it How good really is nice. it when people get around you? I know. It's so nice. It's amazing. They're just like, I was just on the biggest high on launch. Day. I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. My phone's been blowing up all day. Yeah. Um, and that continued for like a week. It was, it was pretty cool. How much time do you spend with other people whose goal is waste reduction or plastics reusability or circular economy and that, that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. It's probably, um, like I said, so we've only launched three months ago and it's probably since we've launched that, um, you know, really kind of networking in those circles now. So um, we did a comp competition recently with Dirt Company, um, Great Rap, Pleasant State. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely spending more time with those um those companies and as you, as we launch more companies approach us to you know do collaborations together um so yeah it's a, it's a great space to be in and people are doing you know the, those kind of products out there that they've been um they've been so much product development has gone into them that they're just amazing products when you so i purchase them now um and they're just amazing products when you bring them home and it's such an easy switch i think is your home just like a temple to sustainability <laughs> uh no i wouldn't say that like our um, is there anything, let me rephrase it, is there anything not sustainable in your home? <laughs> yeah, there is for sure. Um, I mean, our our ethos on this and even, you know, with Rock, it's always been progress over perfection. Um, oh, so, I like that. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, I, I think um, improving what you can do in the home and, you know, taking your keep cup and all these simple little things like and, you know, changing your laundry powder to, you know, dirt company and things like that. It, um, it's it's a pretty easy transition once you do it once. Um, so that's what we're trying to do is like, you know, every kind of cornerstone of our house is slowly changing. Um, and the products look great at home. I have to, um, 
my wife is like very much into favourites and less concerned with sustainability than yeah, I am yeah. mildly. Yeah. So I have to sneak things in. Mm. So so I'll be she'll be like, um, I notice we're we're not we're not with the Energy Australia anymore, and we're with a company called PowerShop. Why yes, is that? Yes. I was like, oh no, just the, the rates are better. Um, no reason. Let me handle it. You know, it'll be fine. Yeah. Then it should come home and be like, oh. Um, I noticed that we have really colourful toilet paper in the bathroom. What, what's the deal with that? And are we paying a lot more for that? I'm like, oh, no, it's great. It's a subscription model. They'll take care of it. She's jumped on board the toilet paper train. Good. So she comes to me uh, probably like once a month or two and says, Mike, um, we need to have a chat. We're running low on toilet paper. Can you, can you sort that out? So she, I can <laughs> tell she's on board that. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's bit by bit. I think the, the dirt company will be the next one for us to, to give a go. Yeah, I just love how they look in my bathroom. Yeah. Um, and we should, we should be like, you know, I think that's something that who gives a crap brought to the world that we really yeah. have to acknowledge. Like they made something that has traditionally been bloody ugly, yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah, that's right. And that's the similar, you know, when we were thinking about this concept, you know, I was always like, why is toothpaste so ugly? You know, if, if who grips the carrot? Well, toilet paper can be cult status and cool and beautiful. Well, why can't toothpaste? It's all Rob the dentist's fault. Who? Do you remember Rob the dentist from the commercials? They say Rob, oh, Rob yes. is a dentist and you only yes. see his back and he's like, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's just like he's brushing his teeth and you're just like this is a guy who would just like not give a shit about sustainability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, but circling back on PowerShop, mm-hmm. one thing that I love about that is the app. And can see yeah. how much you use daily, which mm-hmm. is um, that might be one way to get your wife across the line. Well, maybe you guys should make an app. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> the track your impact kind yeah, of extension. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do you think much about impact, like in terms of um, for X units sold over the next year, we will save X Y Z kind of plastics and waste? Yeah, we're track? definitely trying to track that stuff at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, so we're just doing some modelling in terms of how how we can track that efficiently. Yeah. Awesome. It's yeah. very, very, very cool. Yeah. And how much do you talk to other people in similar industries? Like, do you share a lot of information? Do you have like a WhatsApp group with like the dirt company people? Do you sort of touch base now and then for a coffee and share ideas? How does it work? Um, no, I actually haven't, you know, like um, we are trying to do that more, but we have actually haven't done too much since we've started a couple of months ago. Yeah. But it's something that we, um, I'm in a couple of different networking groups and trying to get more actively involved in that. It's pretty, um, it must be pretty hard with networking at the moment, like with all the lockdown chaos. Yeah. How well, do you actually network? You can have like a random Zoom meeting? Well, or? yeah, when it's not a lockdown, I, you know, I was, I was meant to have a lunch last week, then we're in lockdown. Um, but yeah, there's Zooms, but as we all know, it's, it's really hard to network over Zoom. It's very hard because you do the thing where there's like four of you and someone will start talking to someone in the bottom diagonal corner but not everyone else and then everyone else is not sure whether they should enter that conversation and who's talking to who. Yeah. It's really, really awkward. Yeah. Um, you can tell that I'm probably like a pretty awkward person. So <laughs> on Zoom it's like next level awkwardness for me. Yeah, it's it's a funny time and I think that's, you know, you know, this whole brand has been born in, you know, a COVID period um, and I think, you know, it'd be nice to once we're out of this to be able to go and network and have lunch with people that we want to and um, yeah, it'll be much easier. That. Exciting times. So subscription model launch. Yeah, subscription Super model launch. Super exciting. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, just because it takes out, you know, um, one of the things that everyone hates is shipping. It takes out all the shipping costs. Um, it's delivered to your door every three months, new toothbrush, new paste. Um, you don't have to go to the tooth, mar- tooth-, the tooth-, the tooth market. The tooth market. I'm never Sorry, going to the, the tooth market again. Aisle. Um, yeah, it's, it's just easy and it's convenient. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited about that. It is very, very cool. And so how can people connect with you and learn more about your work? Sure. So website is rocknaturals.com.au. Rock is R-O-C-C for my last name, Rocky. Um, uh, Instagram's rocknaturals.com. 
Rock Naturals. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And if people want to uh, connect with you, can they link LinkedIn you? Or? Yeah, LinkedIn. Yep. Um, and uh, my personal Instagram um, is Prue Diamond without the A. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me today. And I can't wait to be part of the subscription, subscription model and uh, continue to enjoy your products. Thanks so much, Mikey. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word-of-mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com. Are you the proprietor of a business selling shaving kits, meal packs, audiobooks, or anything else of the sort? Have you failed to tap the market of people who love hearing their favorite comedians talk about their boring lives? What's wrong with you? 57% of U.S. consumers listen to podcasts every month. That's a lot of ears that could be hearing about your brand. Go to podbean.com brands to learn how it do. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands, and you could be the one talking instead of me.